You know, we're all about empowerment here. The whole mission of the Divorce Etc. podcast and ex-experts is to help you recognize that you can get through hard things and come out better and stronger on the other side. That's what we're talking about in today's Divorce Etc. episode, all about she who wins. We are the ex-experts, Jessica and TH, although I'm flying solo today. We focus on helping you navigate your divorce and successfully moving on with your life. So please follow us on all social media at xexperts and check out xexperts.com for tons of free divorce related resources. We're going to bring in today's guest, Renee Bauer. We have had her on before. You likely know her. You've maybe heard her podcast before, Happy Even After. And we are just huge fans of everything that Renee does. She started the She Who Wins brand, and we actually were at her summit about a year ago. She recently did another huge summit in Connecticut. She runs these awesome summits. And now she has a new book out called She Who Wins, Ditch Your Inner Good Girl, Overcome Uncertainty, and Win at Your Life. And seriously, who the hell doesn't want to do that? So welcome to back to the show, Renee. Thank you. That was quite an intro. I feel like I well, can back out now and we're good. <laughs> right. We have a little bit of a girl crush going on here. But so, we, you know, we obviously are huge fans, but also love just sort of the mission and meaning behind She Who Wins, because we feel like it's so perfectly complements sort of what we are about. So I want you to tell me first, like, how did that all come about for you? You have been a family law attorney for many, many years, you know, have your own law firm. Like, how did this sort of transition for you really happen? So I I always knew that there was more that I wanted to do than just practice law. And when COVID happened uh, and courts were closed, it created an opportunity to say, okay, what, what can I do? And then I realized, like, where could I make the most impact? And it was typically women who are going through divorce who are really struggling with making the decision whether they should stay or go, um, or the fear of being alone, the fear of having uh, money issues or having to pay the bills. And I realized also that that even you could rewind that tape and go further back. And it didn't start with the marriage or where the marriage started to break down. This was, this had something to do with a worthiness, not um, not being comfortable having uncomfortable conversations, not looking someone in the eye and saying, here's what my needs and wants are. This is what I need from you as my partner. And so as I rewound that, I said, wow, the work that I really want to do is before we get to that point where someone walks into a divorce lawyer's office is talk about like, where, where are we playing too small? And maybe divorce is one of the consequences of that. And that's where She Who Wins started. It started as a live event because we were coming out of COVID. I thought it would be really cool to bring together my friends who some knew each other, some did not, people I met on the online space like we met and have a live event and it worked. And I realized I'm like, okay, this is just the start of something. And from that came the next event in the book. So I feel like people who know you or are looking for you through the legal lens. I mean, I'm wondering like what the reaction is because are people like, well, it's because it sounds like part of what you're doing now is almost like empowerment coaching for women. And do you feel like people are like, but I, I want you to be my lawyer. Like you're the one that I want to represent me because of everything that you, Renee, represent. 
So I think that I have always, I, and I don't, I don't do coaching. So I don't, I'm not a life coach, I'm not an empowerment coach or anything like that. But I do think that the work that I've always done as a divorce lawyer was actually coaching in some respect. Like I was constantly bringing women through this process, which is actually part of the the book that I talk about this framework. I was constantly bringing them through these, this three steps in order for them to take that that action forward or really get confident and comfortable about the thought of being alone. And that that's not law. So it was necessary work though, in order to help them recognize that they're going to be okay on the other side. And then once they make that shift, then it becomes easier to accept, talk about negotiating and talk about what's on the table and, and really come to have peace with what that looks like when the emotion starts to uh, be removed from it a, just a little bit. Um, you know, you're still going to have that emotion there, but at least they feel like they have some control back. So it's always been been part of how I work with clients. So easy to say if you could just take that emotion out of it. Like. <laughs> so easy, right? So easy. As as like, listen, I've been there. I've sat on the like the the bathroom floor sobbing as I went through my own divorce. It's really hard. But but you you'll you'll never be able to take the emotion out of it, but at least having the education information and having someone say like you're gonna be okay and look at, you know, and really giving them a plan on how to make decisions and how to take action and how to drop excuses and and to, so that they can move forward from that place of emotion and stuckness. I mean that then they can start to feel really empowered. Right. I feel like the last time you were on, which I know was a while ago, we were talking about the D course. Right, oh, yeah. The, the, yeah. Right, that, so tell me how what the framework is now for the she who wins, what you're taking people through. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm assuming it's somewhat different than what the course was. Yeah, the D course is all it's it's all about divorce. I mean, that is very specific to divorce in really education and information. This framework is something that anyone could apply at any point in their lives. And usually it's if you have a major life decision, you're at a crossroads. So for, for purposes of your listeners, we can talk about, let, like put it under the context of a divorce. If someone's sitting there saying, what do I do? And that was how, where the idea came from is because people would come into my office and they'd be like, well, how do you know? And so this is where I started to apply this. And I realized, oh, this can be applied to everything about starting the business, leaving the job that's sucking your soul, picking up and moving across country, like whatever it is. So the concept of it is most people get really stuck in their head and their head keeps their egos trying to keep them safe. So it's, it's called the stop, drop and roll framework. And I thought about, okay, back in the seventies, that phrase was coined in order to teach children how to put fires out. I'm like, well, what if we switch we're, that around? We're aging we ourselves with stop, well, drop, and roll. <laughs> I remember that. Everyone so remembers I. that though. But what if we use it to light our lives, lives up? And so the concept of it is stop and assess whether you're being led by your head or your heart, our intuition and our gut instinct. And um, that inner knowing is always the right decision maker. And the next step is once you decide what it is that you're you're being guided to by your head, not out of fear, uh, your heart, not out of fear, is to drop your excuses. And this is where most people get stuck because most people can they'll say, "I know I want this," but they'll have every excuse as to why they can't do it. Right. And they'll say, "When the kids are older, when I have more money, when I have when the kids are off to college." Like there's so many different excuses. And that's the thing that keeps them stuck. So when you acknowledge those excuses, you can recognize them for what they are 
and yeah. realize that you're going to stay here stuck unless we put them in their proper place because the next step is to roll into action. And that's not taking necessarily big leaps and bounds. It's the smallest thing to move you forward to create the momentum. And it's just rolling and letting things continue to progress at the speed and pace that it's supposed to. And when you stop, drop and roll, you'll always win because no matter what, even if the outcome is different than what you expected, even if it's, you know, it, you wanted something very different, it's always going to be movement and you're no longer stuck. And sometimes I like to say, sometimes the universe knows better than we do what is best for us. Um, we think we want something so badly, or we think we don't want something so badly like a divorce and you're forced into this situation and you're, you may be happier on the other side because you didn't realize how unhappy you were in that marriage. Yeah, no, I can totally relate and agree with that. But here I have a question because I feel like, and this is maybe personal for me, but like with getting divorced was not. I hate to say it wasn't a hard decision, but it really was not a hard decision. I mean, my first divorce, my husband was having an affair. Like when that really became like was hit home into my face, I was like, I'm out of here. And the second one, it was a difficult decision because there wasn't like a specific impetus for it. So, you know, we did therapy for about a year and like it, it was a struggle a little bit, but I feel like in my head, I really did know. But then I feel like after that divorce, I started thinking, well, how did I end up in that marriage to begin with? Oh yeah. And so now I feel like my question to you with regards to first, you have to figure out if you're making this decision with your head or with your heart is like, how do you even know that? Because I feel like I'm a pretty intuitive person. And mm -hmm. I, I literally, it took me a really long time to be able to trust myself after my second divorce, because I was like, I, I made this decision that really was just not the right decision. Yeah. I mean, I think we all do that and that the, you said something key here and it's about trusting yourself. So it's, you know, when I was getting married for the second time too, I had a moment on my wedding day, we eloped and I had a moment that I thought to myself, why are you doing this? And I shoved it down because I'm like, no, 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 you're here, you're dressed, your hair is done. Like this is going to happen. You're just, you just have cold feet. So that initial thought is typically the right one. When we have that thought that pops up for us, that initial, like, if you think about anything in your life where you have something that and you think of it and it comes up immediately and then you start to assess it and scrutinize it and, and dissect it, that's our head stepping in. So it's, you get really quiet and pay attention to like, what, what are you being called to? What's the thing that's keeping you up at night? Like that's the right decision. And there's actually studies on this. Um, the HeartMath Institute has spent 30 years studying the connection between the head and the heart. And all of their studies are showing that decisions made by that place of intuition are, are the wiser decisions. And the, the, our head is doing I'm not a scientist, so I couldn't possibly be articulate about what the what the outcome is. But the outcome is that it's you you're when you tap into that inner knowing, you're actually making the wiser decision for yourself. So I always say like it's about getting really quiet and like slowing the noise down. Like you go, what is the thing that you keep going back to? Like throughout my, that marriage that I was in, like I, that voice was like, oh, this is, this isn't good. And then my head would be like, oh yeah, but it's, it's just, it's, you know, it's growing pains. And I'm like, oh, this isn't good. Well, you can't tell people you're twice divorced. Oh, this isn't good. Like that, that voice kept coming up for me over and over. And I just had an answer for it. 
Right. Right. Okay. Well, I, I'm, we're going to dig more into this, but we're just going to take a quick pause for a moment here because we know that it's hard to get honest and reliable information about divorce. So we've done the work for you. Be sure to subscribe to our newsletter to get ex experts in your inbox. You can join our virtual open house events where you can ask questions to top experts like Renee live and sign up for private sessions with us so you can move forward and thrive. You can get all of this information at www.xexperts.com. We've lived it, so we get it. So I'm just going to take you back for a second. So you're saying that when you were getting married the second time, you were questioning whether or not you actually should have been doing it. Uh And then your head was saying, oh, but you kind of have to because now you're here and you're dressed and your hair and your Uh makeup is done. So you yep. knew that day that like it probably yep. wasn't the right thing. How long did that last? The whole marriage from start to finish was a year and a half. Right. Okay. So yeah. so tell us now you're happily married. Yes. What so what was the process of that decision? I think people who are <laughs> listening are like, yeah. look, I a lot of people after getting divorced are in that place where they're like I don't even want to think about a relationship. Like I'm not ready. Fuck it. Like just, you know, that's not where I am. And then there comes a time where people are like, okay, I I want to, but how do I make that choice and that decision? So you've now successfully done that. So, you know, what's crazy is I actually, that second marriage was bad. Like it was bad as bad can be. And I don't have any regrets because in that relationship, I got so clear about what was important to me, what my values were, what my non-negotiables were, what my worth was. And that was like a lesson that, you know, it was a tough lesson to have to face that way. But when I came out of that, I said, okay, I'd rather be by myself than in something like that. And if I get into another relationship, I'm going to be so clear about what I need in a relationship, what I want, what I won't tolerate, what's important to me to make sure we're aligned. There's no, there's no such thing as a perfect relationship, but it, there is such thing as an aligned relationship. And so my, my husband will joke that on one of our first dates, like I, I, I didn't pull out a piece of paper. I didn't go that far, but I literally <laughs> went through a checklist of like, you know, asking all of these questions. And it was like one, two, three, like it was like rapid fire because, and he was like, Whoa, but I'm like, I, I I'm a mom. Like I have a business. Like if I'm going to, put my time into this. I need to know, I don't need to, I don't need a commitment. I don't need to know there's a future. I just need to know that this is a good match, you know, a good enough for a a second date. And then we'll take it date by date. But I was not afraid to walk away the minute that something felt off to me. And I really trusted what off felt like at that point. And I knew that I would not be okay if, if one of those things that I had on my list came up, I knew, I knew that at that point that I wasn't going to make that mistake again. And I mean, let me tell you though, when I told my parents I was getting married a third time, they thought it was crazy. Um, (laughs) But you know, I, I'm so grateful for those experiences because I ended up with my best match my most aligned match who is you know we're such a team and so had I not walked away those one that one time that second time I would have never ended up there and I think so many people just feel like their relationship is kind of good enough and they'll just stick it out which is sad to me because there there are real authentic beautiful connections out there so marriage is like not the enemy 
I, I like could not be more aligned with everything that you're saying right now. But I, I feel like a, a, people listening are going to be like, well, what were the things on your list? You're talking about how you walked in there and you're like rapid fire questions. Like what were some of those things? And also, you know, you talk about how understanding your value and your worth and that kind of thing through a not good relationship is a little bit opposite of where a lot of people are mentally and emotionally when they come out of a relationship that wasn't great, right? People are feeling beaten down. They're feeling oh, yeah. like they aren't necessarily worth more. So mm -hmm. I, 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 I want to know your things, the five things on your list, but I also want to know how you, the she who wins brand like helps people get to that place when they feel like they're coming from a, the lower place. Yeah. So the, um, so the first, the list, I, I don't know if there were five or whatever, but I, uh, one of the questions I did ask, um, I kid you not, it was like, if I open your medicine cabinet, what will I see in there? <laughs> like, I wanted to know, like, are there, are there meds that are being, or that you're taking? Like, I wanted to know, I mean, there was a lot of history that was a lot of hidden stuff. So I, I just wanted to know what I was walking into. Yes. Um, I religion came up because that was something that was part of my first marriage in a way that um, there caused some tension. And so that was important to me to have that conversation straight out of the gate. Um, you know, those were the two big things that came up. And I know there were a lot of other smaller stuff too, but to, to your other question, I was so broken after that second marriage. I did not come out of that saying, oh, I'm so confident and worthy. I was broken it took time to then build that up and look back and reflect and say, what, how did, how did I end up choosing this person and find myself in this situation? Like what happened here? It was a lot of like reflection myself in order to build that up. And I would not put myself out there again until I knew at least what some of those pieces were. Um, like I'm someone who, despite being a divorce attorney, didn't like conflict. And for a really long time, I would try to avoid conflict. And I realized, well, that's not great because what happens is resentment builds. And then you, um, then you have all of this like festering annoyance right. with the other person. So I knew I had to deal with that. Like I could not go into another relationship with that same mentality. I had to get really comfortable of addressing conflict the minute it came up. And so like though, that was one of the, one of the things that went into this marriage working on and that's a continuous you know it's always you're always working on um you're on yourself and on the relationship so i didn't come out of that the relationship with my head held high i felt the complete opposite and it's just but it's still even when you feel that way it's still knowing like i knew deep down i am worthy of a loving relationship with a partner who respects me right here's you know shows up in that way that i would want in a relationship i knew that and that was what I anchored to. And that was, that was the, you know, that was the, the, the through line. If I was going to move on, that was going to be what had to show up in that next relationship. Tell me about what you just said that about the conflict thing, because I, I don't really feel like I necessarily shy away from conflict, but I think everybody who's listening, you we're all, we're all going through conflict of some sort, right? Because we mm -hmm. are all getting divorced and or have been divorced or are in the process. And like the whole idea of not wanting to get into it and just kind of, like you said, keeping your mouth shut and like letting it uh -huh. fester, that happens no doubt in, in most divorces to some extent. So how, 
how were you able to work on being able to like have healthy conflict and how were you able to you know with your with your now husband like make sure that you have like compatible conflict yeah such a great question um you have to be with someone who's emotionally aware you know, that was another big one for me is I needed to make sure my partner was, would have, would had like high emotional intelligence. Um, because if you have someone like that, you know, because sometimes someone listening might be like, well, my partner's not like that at all. And, you know, they'll fight and they're high conflict and they're toxic and all that. And this, you know, then you may have a battle that you can't win in that respect of trying to get, get that person to sit down and engage in a healthy way. So that was, you know, and that's all any relationship you're in, there's going to be some point where you have a disagreement and that's a huge clue on how that gets resolved and how that's handled. That's going to tell you most of what you need to know um, about how that person handles conflict. And it's, can you sit down? Like, so my husband and I now will create a, a space where it's like, Hey, can I get your attention? I need to talk to you about something. And now we know like, all right, phones down, TV off. Like we're going to have a conversation and it's, I know, and this is, you know, we've been together for 10 years now. I know if I bring him something, even if he doesn't ag agree with me, he's going to listen right. and he's not going to get defensive. He's not going to jump down my throat. It's going, but that took practice too, because there was, he had a little bit of conflict avoidance too, coming out of a divorce. So there were times where I had to like pull it out of him. I'm like, I know something's bothering you. Tell me what it is. He'd be like, it's fine. I'm like, uh-uh, nope. And it took work of like, all right, let me drag this out of him so we can address it. And that now we've gotten to a place where it's really, really easy just to be like, hey, like, what's up? <laughs> you know, like it's so we don't have to like pull it out or um, so that took practice. So that took work of us working together and recognizing we want that relationship where it doesn't turn into someone screaming at each other. And we want to be able to approach each other in a safe space and say things that maybe the other person doesn't want to hear and know that it's going to be received in a way. And that's, you know, and for me, that was a clue that this is an aligned relationship because no matter what, what roadblocks or challenges we had, I know we could approach it in that manner. Um, and that's the stuff that, you know, becomes really important, not the, not the superficial stuff. Right. And, and I think everything that you're saying, like, goes directly to these are the characteristics of winning in yeah. a relationship for sure. So give me like for for people listening who are like, I got to get the book. What, what are like the three ah. most important kind of takeaways that people are going to get from that mm. from the She Who Wins? So in the book, I take you through each of the steps of stop, drop, and roll, and we break it down so that you can get really comfortable with each of those, uh, each of those steps that anytime you're facing a decision, you can be driving, walking, um, sitting at a kid's soccer game, and you can, in your head, just walk yourself through that. But I share it in a way I put myself on the line. Um, I tell a lot of stories. I have probably the most vulnerable I've ever been in sharing the stories that I, that I talk. Um, I, there's some will probably make you laugh because it's ridiculous with, you know, not <laughs> in, in a really funny, silly way. Others will make you cry. I mean, I really, you anchor it with storytelling um, to connect, to be like, listen, no one's perfect. You don't have to put on a perfect face. Like you, the, you're, we're meant to be like, messy and this is what life is and it's okay to feel all of those things so I say it's like part 
hype squad as your cheerleader, part mindset and part strategy. I love that. And I love that, you know, if you aren't already subscribed to Renee's newsletter, I mean, you definitely should be subscribed to X experts in your inbox. But if you aren't subscribed to Renee's newsletter, she shared a story uh, fairly recently about like an English teacher that had made you feel oh, like yeah. you couldn't, you know, you weren't doing well in the class and you couldn't do anything right when it came to writing a paper. And it was like, okay, look now, like now I have written two books and have all of this success in that area. And it's like, I, I love the whole, like turning it around and literally like winning in all of these areas. So Jessica, I low key hold a grudge and I <laughs> might have an anti-dedication line to that teacher in the back of my book. Just saying. Love it. So that's even more of a reason to go pick it up and read the anti-dedication line. So <laughs> Well, Renee, thank you as always. Really appreciate you taking the time. We love the messaging. We love, you know, the mission for what you're putting out there. And for everyone listening, like this is really an, an empowerment zone. Everything that Renee does is for the benefit and the good of like getting you through hard times and coming out stronger on the other side. So if you've enjoyed this episode of the Divorce Etc. podcast with the ex experts today, then please help a girl out. Because when you subscribe, rate, and review, it helps us get the word out more so we can help support more people like you going through divorce and beyond. Be sure to check the show notes for more info on Renee, her books, She Who Wins, as well as all of her divorce resources. And of course, share this with anyone you know who can benefit from listening. Have a great day.